Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. My name is Mark Ellis, or you may know me this time of year as the plus one to Miss <laughs> Jacqueline Coley, not only the co-host here today, but also she's in the midst of award season. She's hobnobbing. You invited me yeah. to an event. I could have been your plus one. I, you were at the London. I was Which at is the right London. down the street from the comedy store. This has been a thing. If a Sunset Tower... The London yeah. are the two locations that are closest to the comedy store. Where I'm usually known to be found. He's he's there on occasion. I haunt it. And so whenever I know I'm doing an event around the time that he would be on stage, which for folks that don't know is usually around or around the time you'd be near there, eight to ten is my like sweet spot. You as know long me as too I'm well. gonna be in there, I can I can find him. But he wasn't. He was in he was having better fun with the four-legged <laughs> friend. With Molly the Wonder Dog, and uh, yeah, well, I guess somebody who is a very special guest today, who has had some friend, some fun with four-legged and two-legged creatures, according to the Jurassic World franchise, would be Daniela Pineda, who is also the star of the new movie Plane with Gerard Butler, number one new movie at the box office the weekend it came out, and it's fresh on the tomato meter. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pleased. I, yeah. I, I will say this. Also, we got a shout out by your co-star, uh, Mr. Gerard Butler. Uh, I think he's a man that really loves every movie of his that comes out fresh because he was literally <laughs> like, you have no idea how happy this makes me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it exceeded, I mean, we knew, uh, it just exceeded everybody's expectations. And then after I finally got to see it, I was like, fuck yeah. This is a really so, good, it's a really good away. action movie. From what, yeah. It's legit. Yeah, it's, it's totally legit. It's um, I think uh, I also really like the review that um, well, obviously I love the Rotten Tomatoes review. Firstly, but uh, uh, Washington Post said it's um, it's uh, cinematic junk food, but tastes so good. Mm. And I was like, thank you for uh, acknowledging for it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, look, we all are going to be suckers and eventually want McDonald's fries. Like you smell it, and that's what I imagine is going to be. And I apologize to you. I haven't seen Plan as of this recording. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to go okay. see it. I had I had stuff come up, but he's gonna. See it. I'm gonna see. It. I love. We were talking about uh, yeah. Olympus has fallen yes. on this show a few weeks ago. Four planes. So we've already commemorated this movie in a, our small way. Yeah. Later it. that I day, I I was watching TV. I was watching football or something, and I saw Daniela in an ad for plane, and I was like, Oh, she's in plane. Oh, we should talk yeah. now. And now we're here. <laughs> and I said, Daniela, what movie do you want to talk about? Do you want to defend that the tomato meter got wrong? It's kind of the name of the show, mm -hmm. and you picked. The Cell. Yeah. From the year 2000, starring Jennifer Lopez, Vince Vaughn, directed by Tarsem Singh. 
45% rotten on the tomato meter. The audience score rebounds a little bit, 57%. And one of the reasons we're talking about is because Miss Pineda is a big fan, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Jennifer Lopez is in Shotgun Wedding with Josh Dumel, and that drops on Amazon. I think it's out now. So as yeah. of this recording, yep. it is out now. Let's get to you first. You pick the cell. You're like, this is the movie I want to talk about and defend. So I'm guessing if I ask you, yeah. is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about the cell? I do think Rotten Tomatoes it might be might be wrong. I mean, uh, you know, obviously the the audience will will speak for themselves. Um, but I feel like sometimes we forget at the time which something came out, it was really innovative. Mm. I don't think you should compare it to what's out now. You have to think of 2000. And mm. for me, going to theaters being, what was I like, I think it was eighth grade, ninth mm. grade. Y2K. Oh, oh, hell yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I was ready for the world to shut down. But going to the theaters and seeing, first of all, this checked a lot of boxes for me. It was a lead uh, Latina, but I'm going to be really, really hot. We're like, yeah. And then she, you know, and then it's horror, which is my favorite genre and mm-hmm. thriller and sci-fi. And procedural. And procedural. Yeah. So, what are you talking about? Yeah, 47? That's wrong. Okay, so, uh, Jack, would you agree that the tomato meter got it wrong here? Again, we're 45% of the tomato meter, 57% audience score. Where do you land? I think the audience score is a little bit more correct. Um, I would definitely say that I could get this one to fresh, which is surprising to me when I went to rewatch it that I was automatically putting it at fresh mm. because, as you know, I have my Constantine litmus test. <laughs> and I love Constantine. I really do. And I think that score is criminal. <laughs> But I would put this up where I would put where I think Constantine should be, right? Yeah. I would put that up there. And I'm like, I always said Constantine is a great, like, you know, I think playing is what, 71, like 68, somewhere in there. Currently like that's, 74%. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like kind of that sort of idea of like, this is not perfect, but for what it gives, it gives really good. And so I definitely say Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Okay. I First of all, if there's a member of the Fresh Ketchup crew that's like listening to every show, can you compile a list? Has Jacqueline referenced Constantine more than I've referenced Van Halen? I want to no. see who is leading that race. With I our- definitely <laughs> beat you over that. Because it is still the movie. Everyone has that one movie that you kind of, I'm not going to have them do to me what they did to you on 13 Hours. I am self-reflecting. 13 now. Hours, an all-time great film. An all-time great film, but I have to like, that's the way it is now. It's like, for me here now, it's like if we're going to have a movie around that like edge, basically I'm like, is it good? Is it better or worse than Constantine? But that's why it's exciting to do this podcast, because occasionally we do feel like not necessarily influence policy, but people hear the show and they say, right. maybe I'll revisit this. Sister Act 2 was like 17 percent when we talked about it. Yeah. It's 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 gone up. Yeah. Um, Constantine I'm shocked is it gone. was that low. Yeah. Right. That was a big deal. It's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. I think it's up to his 30s now, yeah. and, which is amazing. And I do think that is the podcast effect. A quick, quick question. Another movie that comes to mind, which for me is sort of in a similar category to The Cell that I don't think it was necessarily well received was Prometheus. I loved Prometheus. Oh, yeah. okay. so that I, is another one. But I that didn't one like had... Guy Ritchie being painted as an old person, just cast an old person, but that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Uh, that one had fresh reviews, though. Prometheus Did was it? the opposite. Audiences hate it, but critics liked it for the I most part. Yeah. I don't like uh, I, Prometheus look beautiful. I don't like when uh, astronauts have sex in space. Um, keep it in your I pants support that. until you get back on Earth. You don't know what's out there. You don't know what's going from one body to the other one. Well, Tom Cruise is going to test that in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me yeah. that Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. So we're here to talk about The Cell. We also want to give a shout out to some of our editorials that are on RottenTomatoes.com right now, including all the Jennifer Lopez movies ranked. Is Selena number one? If not, it should be. 
We'll probably talk about our favorite J-Lo movie by the end of mm. this. Uh, the 14 Rotten Horror Movies We Love is one of the editorial movies, and I believe The Cell is amongst those. But like we said, it's horror-ish, but there's also a lot of other genres. This movie covers most of the bases at Blockbuster Video, and The Cell is featured in the book Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Rotten Movies We Love by Rotten Tomatoes. So, Jacqueline, I now turn it over to you. You have the treat of giving ah. us the synopsis of what exactly The Cell is about. So, The Cell stars Jennifer Lopez and Vincent D'Onofrio. She plays a criminal criminologist and psychiatrist. And Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn, sorry, as well. <laughs> and also Vince Vaughn. This, that is the other thing about this movie is the two, the dueling Vinces and Vince Vaughn. Um, and she is basically enlisted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation because Vincent D'Onofrio's character is in a coma and they do not know where his last victim is. He puts all of his victims in these elaborate cases which basically slowly drown them over time. And, he's, and they're in a, a race against the clock to find out where his last victim is before he either dies or mm -hmm. it, they're really trying to figure this out. And they're using a new technology which allows Catherine the criminal psychologist to go inside of his consciousness, to delve into the deep recesses of his mind, to hopefully find clues as to where this girl could be hidden while he's existing in the coma. The interesting part is, is while you're living in this thriller cop genre, the minute you step inside the serial killer's head, you are transported into what could basically be described as Guillermo del Toro's best fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yes. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how you get locked into the cell. Yeah, it gets a little wacky. It, it did make me wonder what, what like, if, if y'all went inside my brain, what it would look like. It would probably just be that green chair I have that doesn't go with anything else in my house. Yeah. And, uh, and football. Some mm -hmm. snacks, yeah. some football, a yeah. dog. That's really all. But you go inside the mind of a serial killer, gets a little loony, yeah. is all we're yeah. going to say. So we think we all think Rotten Tomatoes got this one a little wrong. I yeah. can get it to fresh as well. Yeah. I, I, I also think that Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. I think that this uh, deserves to be a fresh movie. But... That's what we think. We're going to get into movie talking just a little bit. But first, mm -hmm. our good buddy Tim Ryan, the expert review curation manager here at Rotten Tomatoes, is going to tell us what critics were saying at the time about the cell. Two minutes with Tim. Tarsim Singh cut his teeth on music videos, directing striking clips for En Vogue, Suzanne Vega, and most notably R.E.M. In a 2016 interview with Rolling Stone about the making of the video for Losing My Religion, Tarsim said he was inspired by Bollywood, the paintings of Caravaggio, and a short story by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It was a heady mix which cleaned up at the 1991 MTV Video Music Awards, beating out clips from such heady hitters as Herb Ritz, Julian Temple, Michael Bay, and David Fincher. So no one could deny that Tarsim Singh had a unique artistic sensibility. But when it came to his first feature, The Cell, critics felt the visuals were undeniably dazzling and haunting, but were in the service of a slim plot and thinly sketched characters. The Cell is rotten at 45% on the tomato meter with 164 reviews, and it has a 57% audience score. So what did the critics have to say? In a rotten review, Lou Luminick of the New York Post wrote, If looks could kill, this would be the best movie of the summer. But beneath the considerable eye candy, The Cell is an awfully generic variation on the overworked serial killer genre. However, in a fresh review, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone wrote, Tarsum uses the dramatically shallow plot to create a dream world densely packed with images of beauty and terror that cling to the memory, even if you don't want them to. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, The Cell offers disturbing, stunning eye candy, but its visual pleasures are no match for a confused storyline that undermines the movie's inventive aesthetic. So that's The Cell. And I know I only mentioned this earlier, but Tarsum's video for Hold On by En Vogue is hypnotic. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. Back to you, folks. 
Thank you, Tim, for letting us know what was going on in the year 2000. It was. Remember that Conan bit? It was. Um, Andy Richter with a flashlight. <laughs> so we're going to get into movie talk about The Cell, a movie that reminds a lot of people Science of the Lambs. And also, I'm going to put Nightmare on Elm Street in there. Cue movie talk. Before we get into the comparisons with this is as good as Silence of the Lambs or where does this fit in Freddy Krueger's world, let's just talk about Jennifer Lopez, the light, mm -hmm. the luminous being known as Jennifer Lopez, who has blessed us here on Earth with her presence. Uh, why do we love J-Lo so much? What is her best movie? Is it Shotgun Wedding? I think J-Lo has an every woman appeal as she, when she wants to, but it is like an every woman that you know is not every woman. Mm. It's very hard to be that every woman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she is the type of every woman that a lot of women would aspire to be, but mm. can achieve in mm. the best way possible. Yeah. Whereas in Reese Witherspoon is the opposite. She's an every woman who is exactly who these women are. And so they <laughs> identify yeah. with her in a completely different way. Yeah. And, and I'll, uh, I'll piggyback, piggyback off uh, what you're saying. She's the Tom Brady of Latinas. Yeah. She just keeps going the extra mile. Her numbers don't decrease. They only increase. She's like, an automaton. I don't know how she does it. But also, I think challenges the notion that like, you know, after 35, ladies are disposable. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to turn that <laughs> on its head. That's stupid. Yeah. I do appreciate she's a woman that knows her brand and her mm. brand is bigger than anybody ever wanted it to be. I do think this movie is her most off-brand film, but yes. I do think it's her coolest movie. That Absolutely. might be why it's got such a cool kick to it, is because it's Jennifer Lopez doing this. Like, I first came across J-Lo when the smash hit Anaconda hit theaters, yeah. mm -hmm. and I, I love me a good snake movie. I'm <laughs> terrified of snakes. I'm like Indiana Jones. I am terrified of snakes in real yeah. life. I love them to death. I'm fascinated, horrified by them. And the cool thing about Anaconda, I was doing some research on this, Jennifer Lopez was one of the first to say, no, I deserve equal pay you're going to pay Ice Cube or whoever else this. Yep. Oh, and yeah. she, and she, I think she made the point like to her agent and to the execs like, hey, who do you think is bringing in all of these females to come see this movie? Yeah. Right. Do you think it's Ice Cube? Do you think it's a giant snake? Nope. Do you think it's John Voight doing a crazy accent? Yeah. It's me. You know what movie it was that she made that happen on to? It was The Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey. Good for her. Because he was a bankable uh, leading man. Sure. And the other kicker with that one is the same weekend she was number one at the box office, she also had the number one single. Hey, I remember that. That was like one of the first times an artist had the number one movie at the box office and the number one single on the radio. You better mm -hmm. pay her, if not more. If not more, yeah. Yeah, I also declare the same thing. Like, I want equal pay. Just, exactly. I just don't, yeah. don't get I mean, it. like, again, you're all showing up for the same horrible conditions. But this is the thing. It still doesn't exist because look what happened to... Um, Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams. The same days. Oh, yeah. On a reshoot to save the film from Kevin Spacey, he got paid, she didn't. It oh, mostly right. happens like that. Yeah, yeah, that Ridley Scott movie. They got, and this is the kicker about that whole thing. She had the same agents. Oof. Agents. Not all of them are good. Some of them are snakes. Just <laughs> like the ones you'll see. I love mine. I love you all. Daniels are amazing. Yeah. They're here That's in the right. room. Hi, agents. That's right. <laughs> um, if, if we look at Jennifer Lopez in the context of The Cell, and so like she was just starting to get hot. Like Selena had come out, mm -hmm. and, and Selena was a revelation. I, if Selena came out today, that's an Oscar nomination for sure. <laughs> that movie comes out. Anaconda's a big hit. Yeah. So she started to get some steam in terms of being a, a, a film-going presence, an A-list actress. When The Cell comes out... I remember seeing ads for it and knowing who Vince Vaughn was and knowing mm -hmm. who Jennifer Lopez mm -hmm. was and kind of getting into these trippy things. I don't think I ever saw this in a theater. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Were you like, oh, I need to see this opening weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I remember uh, theater was packed and I remember where I was sitting. I, I remember it pretty I remember it pretty vividly. 
Yeah. Also, You're from Northern California? Yeah, I'm from okay. Oakland. Yeah. And I also remember that I was in love with Vince Vaughn because mm. I had also seen Swingers and I thought Swingers was the coolest movie ever. Yeah. So for me, it had my crush and it had like my little hero. So for me, it was a big deal. How about Jacqueline Coley? I Down there in Austin. I remembered that Vincent D'Onofrio was creepy from Full Metal Jacket. I did not think that that was going to change with this <laughs> film. I was right. <laughs> I think this was an HBO watch first for me because mm. I do very remember the cell. Like, the, you know, HBO yeah. used to have the like images come down and then it would like show Jennifer Lewis in that moment. So I think this was a HBO movie for me. I think this was a Netflix sending me the DVD and, mm. and popping it in and then popping it back in the mail. But I, I rewatched it again and I thought I was going to blow y'all's minds with how smart I am, <laughs> with what an amazing film watcher I've become. Because as soon as this movie came on, I remembered very little about it. So I put this on a couple nights ago. Me and Molly the Wonder Dog were sitting there, we're watching the cell. And within two seconds, I'm thinking, this feels like a movie that I loved that I think came out in 2008 called The Fall, directed by Tarsem Singh. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to impress them with my knowledge. It comes, directed by Tarsem Singh. Yeah. I'm like, God damn it. This yeah. guy's, they're going to know. So, But it did feel like The Fall before The Fall, yeah. just visually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that guy has such a signature style. Yeah. He sort of got like, like I think, uh, corporatized by well, the producers the, with The Immortals. I was going to say, he did The Immortals, yeah. which unfortunately, yes. the worst part about that was, is everyone called him a Zack Snyder ripoff. Yeah, that's And a, that was the biggest disservice to him because honestly, I think it was partly Zack Snyder didn't like that. And that was also what was like, this is the thing that happened. And sometimes when people get labeled the ripoff of somebody else, yeah. if that person doesn't like that, they maybe make that comparison in not the best ways. Right. I'll gladly, though, be the best J-Lo ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I, I, I want that for you. Oh, I really yeah. do. And I oh, see yeah. that for you. I want to like, be the Kirkland J-Lo. I mean... <laughs> That's the dream. Do you know <laughs> how many guys at the gym want to be knockoff Gerard Butler? <laughs> oh, they want to be the Dr. Perky to his Dr. Pepper? I mean... <laughs> I don't want to say which guys. <laughs> you're probably looking at one of them. I was just going to say, I'm like, is this not one of them? Yeah. But, but it's, you're doing so well being the knockoff Topher Grace. Well, the thing about Vince Vaughn, so I'm definitely second rate. If you go to I'm the Topher Grace store and you can't afford Topher Grace, if, if M&M's is a little so too bad. hardcore for you, if you want suburban M&M, you come to Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. I feel really bad about saying that. I only say it because he normally makes that self-deprecating joke, but I would never want to bully you that way. You're much better than a discount Topher Grace. I can't Grace. remember if I did it on, on the special I just taped. I think I mentioned Topher, so that's so I can bury that now. So yeah, now I've, it's I've worked with Topher. And yeah. It's a different vibe. It is a okay. different vibe. It's a different vibe. Saying. Anyway, I I feel bad for that. You're not the discount anyone. You are the first rate Mark Ellis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 back to this movie that we all agree is should be fresh. I wonder why is the movie rotten? I, I maybe I don't know what critics were thinking at the time, but when you saw it and when you see it now, when you rewatch it. What is it about this movie that leaps out to you? And it's like, no, this is this is a cool, fresh movie. Yeah, well, at the time, it felt really fresh because, um, well, I love horror. And I love when it feels like this is a movie that the uh, director... Uh, Tarsem Singh. Tarsem yeah. Singh, that he wouldn't make. And I love when people who probably would have nothing to do with the genre do their take on a genre. And this was so many layers. It was like sci-fi and it was beautiful and it was scary. There was also humor in it. Um, it just, it, corp it weaved together a lot of different things that felt very new to me um, mm. and very grand. And even though it was like in someone's brain, it always felt like a wide shot and it always felt 
big. Yeah. And it, it to me, the technology was really exciting yeah. because I think when we're kids, we're always like, like, hey, hey, we're friends. What if we could have like the same dream and like kind of like hang out in that world? And now you kind of get to do that. You get to crawl into somebody else's head, which is why I referenced Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. But w- the only, the I guess the criticism I would love of this movie is that I felt like w- we sort of took a biopsy of what it's like to be in somebody's head. And we right. didn't really get the full spectrum of it. We just got a little sliver. And I wanted more because there's all this like just amazing visual artistic vision that you see when you get inside a serial killer's head, when you get inside Jennifer Lopez's head. Doesn't matter. But I wanted more. It could have been that. more disturbing and less beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of beauty and it could have been a little more rotten. <laughs> I mean, it is there. I think we're jaded by that. But like there's so many images in that that are literally like genuinely, I think, like jaw droppingly disturbing. Everything mm. from like hanging his skin. Oh, yeah. That like I literally when I was watching this, I forgot how much of that like 2000s R-rated horror that we were allowed to receive at that time. Mm-hmm. We are not allowed to receive now. That is, yeah. yeah it's, it, it, you could argue that the, the real world is scarier than mm. the sort of dream Facts. inside your own head world that you get in this movie. Because there, there, there's two sort of landscapes you get. You okay. get what's happening with looking for this crime where this guy right. played by, uh, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio who is even more weirder than he was in like the, as the extraterrestrial in Men in Black or mm-hmm. as Kingpin. Oh, yeah. He's like hanging himself by his back. Ah, oh, that looked painful. Yeah. When he, yeah. He, he puts these hooks into his back and into his calves, and then he just suspends himself, and it just looked like, man. Looking like at Nine Inch Nails music video. Yeah. yeah. It was like kind of like a little metal. Yeah, don't you just want to do a puzzle? No. Like, isn't there a, a Yes, a, a I would want to do puzzle over that. Yeah. hobby that you could pick, but it's it's the battle of the serial killers because Vince Vaughn was a pretty good weirdo in Psycho a couple years before the remake. I was going to say, this is after the Psycho. The hottest serial yeah. killer. He yeah. was a pretty hot serial At the time. <laughs> You're checking into that base Yeah, I would have been a victim. <laughs> What's interesting yeah. with this one... I'm I, showering. I don't know if anybody's... <laughs> oh, no. Mrs. Bates, tell your son. <laughs> I just started the water. (laughs) Oh, God. Honestly, I I dig that, though. (laughs) The reverse psycho where she's actually waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in here. And then I trap Um, him. Yeah. Um, The other other thing that I I will say is uh, one of my favorite genres of, like, psychological horror is is something that is somewhat metaphysical or kind of straddling dimensions or, you know, where you're kind of weaving in reality. And this movie really did that for me. I really loved that. And it's... It's not it's not easy to pull off. No, especially when it's a race against time, yes. which is what we we have to find this new victim that Carl the serial killer has encased in glass and is about to drown mm. and so that's where this movie really ramped up for me. Like I was intrigued by the technology of it. I like the stars and so automatically I'm in. Mm. It's a cool landscape, but then the fact that it feels almost like an episode of 24 where it's like <laughs> we we got to get to the end of this and there's like a finite amount of time once the water starts, I mean, it sort of felt like a precursor to Saw in a way. Oh, I was just, you took the words out of my mouth. Yes. And, I, and I mentioned that Tarsen Singh directed it, Jacqueline. Tarsen Singh. Yeah. You know, I was, thinking, I was thinking about what you were saying, though, as you were saying it. And I was like, I really do wonder, though, how much of this was J-Lo backlash. Because she that's was— a, That's a very like, interesting point. Like, I was, as you were saying that, I'm listening to you, and like, we're all thinking about, like, why, why, why? With all these movies, sometimes there's always something that's, that's there that we can't really hear, like, a, mm. like scoring underneath it. And I do think that it needs to be appreciated with especially women of color, but especially J-Lo and how she went about it. This is not too long after the Cameron Diaz quotes and such. There was a bit of a J-Lo backlash because she became such of a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And I think this was the beginning of that. This was the beginning of people being like, she thinks very highly of herself. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Do you remember that? Yeah, this no, was I right do. around that time. And I, she's and she's touched on it. Yeah. 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 She's brought that up. That that is a possibility. Yeah. She just uh I mean, like, that's why I went to the theater because she'd already popped she already popped off at this point. Yeah. I should be very clear. This was uh Jennifer Lovis had a very, you know, I would say tell all interview where she was pretty candid with the journalist where she talked about basically who she thought uh had talent in Hollywood and who didn't. And then yeah. there there was a famous quote that said Cameron Diaz was a lucky model. Yeah. I gotta tell <laughs> Legit. you though. I got to tell you, uh, at least uh, I'm really thankful that no one put a mic in my yeah. face my second, third year in this mm-hmm. business. When you, there's a, there, uh, being a public person is a learning experience and mm-hmm. she has far more, uh, far more experience in that than, than I do. And you, um, you're young and you're cocky and you're full of energy and you're just calling it like you see it. And then you get older and you're like, People oh, often regret it. I've been guilty of it. Yeah. So I'm glad fun. we have editors for this show. I mean, it's, yeah, every day. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate <laughs> you for making me not near as dumb as I At least I once am. a month, I have to call Brian. I'm like, hey, hey. Uh, that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that wakes you up at night, you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. Actually, one of the people I actually like, um, and I am okay with standing in publicly as Bill Hader because one of my favorite quotes of his is like, yeah. Oh, I, you're I, a Bill Hader fan. I, I had no know, idea. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is why, though. He says, the reason why I'm not on the internet is because I am often wrong. <laughs> and hilarious. I do not need That's a place true, yeah. that can get from my wrong thoughts to public. And what I would just say about Jennifer Lopez is unfortunately with very famous people, that is not the case. But even more importantly, I think with her, I'm sure she definitely obviously regrets like her honesty and everything at that time. Mm. But in a lot of ways, look at how ambitious she was. Mm-hmm. And then maybe looking at a lot of people who maybe received her same level without any level of ambition. Like, this is literally a girl from the Bronx that was and like, you're a woman. And you're a woman. And you're a woman of color. And I think a lot of people, Meghan Markle is a clear example of this. There is an idea of once you ascend to a certain level, it puts people out of joint mm-hmm. just by you existing at that certain level. And yes. people so, also want to keep you in the box that yeah. they discovered you in. And and for her, I think that you can... So, like, I'm watching this movie, right? And I see it's 45% of the tomato meter. So I'm just trying to equate, like, this movie... How does it get that score? And I think one of the through lines is people saw J-Lo as a music artist first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And it's you can you can look at this movie and look at the visuals that Tarsum Singh puts in and you say, oh, this is just a glorified music video, which it's not. But mm-hmm. on the surface, you can see like these elaborate costumes and these crazy set designs and like what the hell is going on. It does feel like it would have been a really cool music video, but there's so much more substance to that. Yes. And that's what I think maybe folks missed at the time in 2000 when this came out. Yeah. And also, mind you, I, and I'm a big fan and, and I know them, the everything, everywhere, all at once. Those were a sequence of music video ideas yes. that then got woven into something. So yeah. sometimes music video vignette, it hits. Watch a movie without music. Yeah. And yes. let me know how it goes. Yeah. Also this too, this is also um, a perfect example of how cyclical uh, critical reception is and how critical reception is never about innovation. It is always about expectation. Mm-hmm. Critics are happy when they when you give them what they expect and you do it well. They are not often happy when you do something unexpected that they didn't enjoy, even if you do it well. And this is an example of that. They were expecting, because this is the other thing about The Cell, when you go into the movie, you kind of expect it to be one way and it sort of divides the two. And so it looks more like this very high art fantasy film. And mm. when you start it, you're in the middle of basically a Law & Order episode. Yeah. That expectation is a bit of, I would say, uh, a disconnect. And I think for this one in particular, that disconnect was probably what got critics a bit out of joint. <laughs> yeah. like, and, and there was a backlash to stylized cinema. Because at that time, people like Roger Ebert and a lot of these really established 
film critics did not think that anybody from that genre was going to be able to make it as a film director. This is before Fincher did his thing. This is back when like Hype Williams and folks like that would do one movie and then it would fail. I think Ebert mm. was the was the outlier for liking this. Yes. Oh, he did I, I, like I this one. Yeah. Did, did like, like, like this. it? Okay, but, sorry. But a lot of other critics. A lot of other critics, but established we're critics. It, we're saying thumbs down. They were like, this is a music video. And back at that time, that was enough for people to hate it. That's so silly. It, it, it's ridiculous well, what, what it was. when you look at, especially again when you have like the fact that there are boots on the ground. We gotta, we gotta save this. We gotta save this girl mm-hmm. in time. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset—hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time! So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Favorite scenes in this movie. Where uh, do we go? Did we? Do you go maybe towards the, like, inside the mind, or do you go, like, pursuing... The the Eve. I, I'll tell you what I love in this movie is I first of all the the, the technological aspect. Like I said, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love just the look of the design of the suits, and it's very evident in a cool way that Tarsum Singh saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, and the designer for that is uh, Aiko Ishioka, and he's like, I want that person to do this, mm. and you can kind of see a lot of similarities from Bram mm-hmm. Stoker's Dracula. The suit that uh, Gary Oldman the wears face. at the beginning, like, like the, that is all like 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 burgundy with like the muscle kind of knight thing. Yeah. That's what they're wearing to like get into this. Yeah. And then once you get in there, you see a lot of like the costumes and similarities. I love when Vince Vaughn's character, Peter, is like, "I plug me in. I'm yeah. going in. You got a third bay. I'm going in. Part of my brain likes it because I like being the hero. Like, just put me in there. Let, yeah. let's, let's go save this. Yeah. But the other part of me loves that he gets his come up and says immediately as he gets in there and he starts getting his intestines ripped out. Yes. He's like, what the hell is happening well, in I think, here? I think as soon as he's in there, correct me if I'm wrong, as soon as he's in there, it's the three people who are like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? I'm out of my depth. Why did I do this? Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite moment from it? Um, You know, Funny enough, there's so many good moments, like the horse being sort of extended out and cut with glass, and you can kind of see it pulsing. Oh, like, I thought that poor was, equine. Yeah, I thought mm. that was pretty metal. But, you know, actually, the thing that I always remember as, as a kid was when she's kind of walking and looking around and there's like a bodybuilder woman that's mm. like walking toward her. Like, I was like, make that horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love the picture of the horse. I Again, there's so many moments in this movie. You guys that, love turning this poor horse into glue. It well, was cool. it's just a very stylized and cool shot. And the thing I love about this movie in the sense of like, no horses were harmed, right? That, that's true. It's a digital shot. All right. Um, sure. It looked real to me. <laughs> that's the point. That means they did a good job, Mark. It's this thing called the movies. (laughs) I'm having nightmares. Um, But the thing I will say about it is 
I think this is a love letter to style over substance in the best way possible. And the reason why people didn't dig it is because of its female protagonist. Because mm-hmm. 300 is all style, no substance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's right. so many male generated movies that are all style, no substance, yes. all action, no, you know, meat to it. Yeah. This one actually had both. Yeah. And and still the style was just so arresting. And I feel like, again, it was a backlash of that. But this film walked so that the throne room scene in Black Panther could run. So that Sam mm. Raimi's um, Doctor Strange can have its moment. Like all of these very stylized action movies that we've seen in later years. Mm-hmm. This is sort of, I think, the bedrock movie to really show, again, like you can go there. It's a bit of a Rothko, right? Yeah. It's a bit of laying the foundations and pretty ahead of its time. And yes. people looked at it and they were like, what is that? Yeah. And now it's like, no, in order to have this, you had to have that. Absolutely. And, and I the, think, uh, yeah. like, uh, apparently a lot of the reason why this movie got the green light in the first place was because of 90s horror films mm. where you had Silence of the Lambs, which feels similar. But then you also had The Sixth Sense, which came out the year before, which is just a monster hit. You also had The Matrix. And the Matrix was very stylized, and you had the bullet so time, cool. and you had the elaborate costuming, but and still it, in it was sort world. of leading towards this. It was leading towards this, but it was still in the real world. Yeah. It was still real bullets, and granted, it was like, what is it? Stylized, added to the soup blend. It was a flavor that you added to it. Yeah, you get the cool this, that, and yeah. the other, but it's still guys dodging bullets. This was literally like, yeah. you couldn't tell these were characters. This literally— but Technically, uh, Matrix wasn't the real world. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Real world. I think y'all took different pills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, real I took world. The green one. <laughs> exactly. Real world <laughs> elements in the sense that like they're trying to exist within the framework or whatever. The other thing with the cell is you're trapped in imagination. That is literally what you're trapped in. You're trapped in imagination, which is limitless. Yeah. Which that's what makes it more scary. But that's also what makes it, I think, harder for audiences to sort of like latch into it. Yeah. If you are Jennifer Lopez, and you know we do spoilers on this on this show, so if you are like luring a serial killer into your brain as she does mm. towards the end of this movie, mm. she gives herself like a cool crossbow, but that's like what you're relying on is your weapon of choice. Mm. Seems a little risky to me. I think that again is another example of the style because what you realize is she didn't need the crossbow right. because once he was in her mind. She was in control. She still, the, the crossbow still came in handy. The crossbow still came in handy, obviously. But I guess that's my whole point is like the scariest moment in that moment. And I think what my favorite moment in the movie is, is in the end where she was just like, oh, no, 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 sweetie. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Yep, yep. Like that. I think that was the line from the trailer. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. 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 That's a good line. Yeah. yeah. That was the one that was, you know, that's the queen takes the rook. That is like we are really living in our power in this. And that's obviously the best outfit she's in in the entire thing. It's yeah. like everything sort of hits with that. And that to me. Yeah. I think that's what separates it from it is the simplicity of the idea that like she takes control. She didn't need anybody to save her. And because it is within her mind, she can be a limitless savior, not a limitless villain. Yeah, she was the hero. Vince Vaughn was just kind of there. Yeah, he needed rescuing. He, yeah, that's why I love that scene that yeah. I mentioned because he thought he was going to be the hero. Yeah. He was like, hey, no. plug me in. I'll get this thing done in 15 minutes. I got a gun. I got a badge. What are they going to do? I'm a man with all my manly things. I, of course you, I can fix this. You just see, and the cool part about this is why I like it like Nightmare on Elm Street is where sometimes you can have something happen in your head yeah. and, it cha- and it's so visceral and it's so, it just like up in your face, it changes the chemistry and now you think that's real life. And so for the rest of the movie, Vince Vaughn's got a pretty badass tummy ache yeah. because he got his intestine ripped out in somebody else's head. So now he's limping around like he's got an ulcer. 
I don't know what what the end game of that is. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to me like he's just going to be living with this tummy pain for the rest of his life, or at least for <laughs> he's a good be living while. Around with a hernia. I mean, at least a good while, like a, like like you know, a phantom pain or like hypnosis, where like yeah, for a while you're going to feel bad this, dreams but, for yeah, sure. Oh, but yeah. it's going to you're eventually going to shake it off. Good luck dating that guy because he's waking up in a cold sweat. He's going to be more oh, yeah. like Vince Vaughn in the breakup. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nice throwback. <laughs> That's why he's driving that bus. <laughs> Ooh, by the way, uh, this movie does end on sort of a, there's a couple open-ended things that, yeah. that I like. One of them is that the the movie at the outset, Jennifer Lopez, a psychologist character, is trying to get through to this kid who's been in a coma. Yeah. And so now that they've proven yeah. with their backs against the wall that you don't have to go into their head, you can make them go into your head and maybe that's the way you heal this boy. I think that's all going to work out just fine. Yeah. That's my prediction for the movie. But I'm also wondering, is that really safe? Or does it go horribly, horribly wrong? I mean, that's the other kicker on that too. Is you can't bring a crossbow to the poor little kid. I mean, more importantly, the kid the kid taking over is more what I say. It's like once he starts fiddling around with her head looking for revenge, like again, like he looks like a little cute boy. Well, I, I, you know. So did Carl the serial killer. Exactly. I, I think you're right. I think uh, maybe it doesn't work out and it should be a cautionary tale because Elon Musk is trying to get in all our heads. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to end up too well. So anything starting with those two names, I don't think is going to be ending. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> However, he is producing the next Tom Cruise space movie. Um, so, uh, Elon, hi. <laughs> how are you? If you need a female on that spaceship, you let me know. Available. What's it like to wear a flight attendant suit for a I'm couple months? you asked that. It was the same one. They never look comfortable. And I always feel no. bad for the flight attendants because, like, can't you get some? I mean, you're on a flight. When I'm on a flight, I'm wearing... I'm, it, this isn't the sweats. 40s. I'm yeah. not going in a suit and a hat. Yeah. I'm sweats. I'm, yeah. I'm basically in my pajamas. Yeah, the skirt was, uh, you know, it's 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 a, it's a slim skirt. It's like a, what do you call that? Like a like a skinny skirt. So, it you know, it's, it's kind of constricting. I will say, though, in comparison to uh, The Cell, it's probably a much more manageable outfit to wear. Whereas, like, in The Cell, I imagine Vincent D'Onofrio is in that, like, puffy, giant, like, Dracula thing. And then he's, like, sitting in his chair and it's, like, all uncomfortable and rubbery. Yeah, that seems... I love the pictures of the set where it's, like, somebody in a, like, elaborate costume and they're taking a break and they're just, like, smoking it. It's like oh, a yeah, creature yeah, yeah. from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. They're just, all like, covered in a color and they're just, like, smoking. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, Just, like, eating a sure. Quest bar. I yeah. love that stuff. <laughs> He has no lines, but I swear to you, he earned an he earned an Oscar for what he had to go through. This. He has but, no lines. Yeah. He's like no, like he has a couple, but he has so few lines in this. And the fact that like yeah. what he had to go through, in like a couple of little quotes. Yeah, he does that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he has a couple of quotes when he's regular. He's like out and about before they discover him. He talks to somebody random, mm -hmm. like you know yeah. that kind of stuff. But again. The costumes, just like his the, the big one from the book, because this film is also featured in the book, where he's wearing is basically his version of Tim Curry's Darkness from Legend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like the, that all movie. of that is hours of contacts. And this was back when that stuff was not oh, kind. Oh, so annoying. People have no idea. This know. was the same year that uh, Jim Carrey's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Christmas came out. Yeah. Mm. And his contact lenses were the toughest part of like that Grinch makeup. Yeah, like, you know, well, a lot of it's just his face. It's yeah. five hours to get on, five hours to get off. The contact lenses were the thing that pushed him over the edge. Same uh, thing with, uh, actually, Robert Pattinson on the first Twilight. Really? He made them do it digitally after that. What? He refused. Good for him. I, I, I fully I yeah. support that. You ain't messing with my eyes. You can microchip my brain, but you ain't messing with my eyes. Yeah, I'm going to sign out on both. <laughs> I think that before, if you're one of these people and you want to be microchipped, fine. But you should have to watch the cell first. Just because <laughs> yeah. there's... 
But like the cell might be the best, at least recently, of any of these psychological horror thriller movies where you actually go inside somebody's head because it can get really bad really fast. Like the 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 movie Transcendence. Yeah. A, a lot of the sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, what are we even doing here? But this yeah. one, like, mm. I, so I I did want to get deeper, and I it, like that. That's my complaint as a moviegoer is that I wanted to get deeper into what was going on because it felt like. I don't know. It felt a little like Tron Legacy to me where we're just kind of making up the rules as we go. Yeah. The thing that bugged me about Tron Legacy is like this kid has never played this sport before and he instantly becomes LeBron James. Yeah. And with this, it's like, well, I want to know why, how do you get powers in this world? How do you, how do you take power away from somebody else? It's more than just now you're in my head and I can make the rules. I just want to see how that kind of works. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that could have been for the sequel. I, I also feel like, uh, you know, maybe and the screenwriters, again, uh, kudos to them. I, I do think that they did a fantastic job. Um, but I will say it would have been pretty cool if you did have like a super like crime, true crime, like serial killer profiling nerd to kind of add a little flourishes in there to mm -hmm. make it more, you know, like if if we're going to make a movie about getting into Richard Ramirez's head, that's the scariest movie. Yeah. Ever. It's not going to be beautiful. Yeah. It's going to be going to be hell. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to make Freddy Krueger look like Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, Freddy Krueger uh, looked like Disneyland is exactly what it put Yeah. It. The casting of the other scientists I thought was great. Um, I love the, he's sort of like a character actor, Dylan Baker, mm -hmm. because mm. he's oh. the ultimate like nerdy white guy <laughs> who gets the line in every like big budget alien movie where he's like taking off his glasses and he's like, the ship's already arrived. Like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, he's, yeah. Just the, he's got that permanent frightened yeah. white guy neighbor face. Yeah. And I, mean, I love shy. it for this movie. Yeah. I think Charlie Cox took his job in uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, Charlie oh, yeah. Day. Charlie Day. Did yeah. I say Charlie Cox? Yeah, yeah. Charlie Day took his job in Pacific Rim. There's that, that there's a character often. Yeah. Is there a line in this where it's like, we're inside. We're, yes. we're inside. Yeah. We're inside. We're inside. Yeah, yeah. no, there's definitely there's, that. Oh, you got to have that one. Oh, my other favorite version of this character is Jason Isaacs in Armageddon. He's the one. Well, if you want to listen to the man who failed his MIT physics class, your jet propulsions, you can. And then he leaves the movie and never shows up again. I don't know what happened to Jason Isaacs on that movie, but he came in. He was a smart ass for one scene and then left. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the only reason Paul Giamatti signed on to be in San Andreas was so he could deliver those lines. Exactly. He has a blast. Is he in San Andreas? Yeah, he he's the guy that's Ooh. like, oh, the, the fault Wait. line's here and it's here. And then he's like you. taking his glasses, Sideways, putting them back on. Sideways is my favorite movie of all time. Sorry. Oh, wait a minute. It's didn't my number one. I, I don't know why I didn't say this. Don't you play the smartest person in the room in Jurassic World, basically? Kind of? Like, you do that? I, I do. I Yes, that like, is correct. Is like, wait a minute. We're sitting with a version of I this. I know. And yet we're listening to <laughs> not the, all the, you know, the gutsiest, the brave people. The smart person never is the one who's but like But you were literally like screaming, we need to do this yeah, in yeah, that yeah. movie too. There is something I do in that movie that has always bugged me and it pisses me off every time I see it. I'm like, why did I do that? That's so stupid. There's a moment where, um, I don't is know. Is this Fallen Kingdom or th Dominion? This is Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Uh, Chris and Bryce, their characters, they ask me something. We're like, we're, we're together and we're inside this, uh, the back of this truck and like, under like an awning and and the, the, the raptor's on the table. And I, my hand is covered in dry blood. And I'm literally going. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I watch that. I'm like, you fucking idiot. No doctor would 
ever. And I know that all these vets were watching that like stupid movies. Yeah. It's my biggest regret. Yeah, but yeah. you're so accustomed to being just soaked in blood. I mean, there's dinosaur chaos <laughs> you know going on all I'm over like, the place. I'm not even going about it. No, no, she's a good actress. Like, no, I'm putting some, I'm putting some intensity to this. I'm getting some movement in this scene. I'm not going to be standing. I'm going to try and add a little bit more in this very big action movie without remembering the fact that you have like fake pain. Not but it's maybe everybody. the dumbest thing in the entire movie. It's not the dumbest thing in the entire movie. Your lead actress <laughs> ran in heels. I'm so sorry. That's, like that was the first one. That was the first one. But still, if there's dumb moments in this franchise, you don't even crack do the top ten. I have to 10. point out to you that she was wearing the heels because that's what the male expectation of her character was, and she was playing the role. And she didn't know she was going to get chased by dinosaurs and, that hang day. Hang on a second. And I got to I gotta come to. I got to come to Bryce's defense, Bryce's defense on this. On this I got to come to Bryce's defense on this. Uh, no one ever looks at Beyonce like, how do you do a tour in heels? She Facts. does that entire tour Thank you. in that heels. It can be done. I think that subject needs to be put to rest. That does need to be put to rest. But basically what I'm saying, no one's laughing at you. Like, there's been plenty of things the internet to be mad about. Yeah. I don't think your hand was one of them, although I do appreciate the, like, self-analysis yeah. to be like, I know somebody is pissed off about this, yeah. and my trauma will make me feel that it's more than that, but I know somebody is pissed off about this. I, I think that the last few years have all taught us to wash our hands more. I will still yeah. take the dog walk, I'll pick up her stuff, and then I'll go right back in the house and drink a beer and not think about it, and not yeah. think about how close the hands and are. Then, like, and then, like, eat the oh, chicken nuggets. And yes. just, just, just live with someone. They remind you. Yeah. Because I like don't. You're allowed take, to do that. I'm. I don't take care of my body like at all. Anything that is involved with this shell, like I'm just pretending that it exists without sustenance, food, or any kind of like taking care of. Like I clean my body, but like just the yeah. idea of like you clean taking, your vessel. I clean my vessel, but I just don't take care of it. I mean, that's so, liberating. Yeah. So it's nice when somebody like he doesn't even like me to bring the to the poop up. He's like, you should just throw it away downstairs. Why are we throwing away the poop? Oh, that's what the neighbor's trash can is for. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Even. I bring it upstairs because I'm like, I don't know. There's something about me. I'm like, I don't want this out here. Oh, All interesting. Right. We're going to transition All from right. wiping fake <laughs> blood on your face. <laughs> and dog poop. Unceremoniously and cleaning up poop to your favorite j Wood movie of all time. We started with it. We're going to end with it. If you have one movie to take with you on the ship to go to the next planet and it's a J-Lo movie, which flick are we taking? Her new movie, Shotgun Wedding. It's on Amazon. Where Dog Stepfather Lives, the wonderful stand-up special where I do talk about cleaning up Molly's poop. Is it a rom-com? Like Shotgun yes, Wedding? Or is, is it something it is else? A rom-com. Yes, it yes, is it's a rom-com. Yes, it's a rom-com. No, no, no. Are you, is that the movie you're taking? Oh, oh I Is see. it a rom-com or is it like something like Selena, which is music and tragedy? Is it? Yeah. You know, is the, it Anaconda? Oh God, this is, a, this is a tough one. I will say her top movie on the tomato meter is a top contender of mine. And that's, ni- that's 94% out of sight. Yeah. Oh, right. That bathtub scene still holds up. Yeah, maybe. Woo! You know what? Actually, I'll, I'll tell you which one I'm taking. Okay. Um, I would say uh, Selena, but it's too depressing. And I always get really, really sad when I watch it. Even though there's a speech in that where Edward James almost and um, they're in the car and they're talking about what it's like to be Mexican. If you're from Mexico and you make fun of Mexican-Americans, you need to watch that scene. And if you're white and you tell someone they're not really Mexican, <laughs> you need to watch that scene. I mm. wish that that scene would just play 24-7. It's but just anyway. one of those movies that you want to cut off like 10 minutes before it ends. I, it's so depressing. It's just, it's, yeah. it, no, but yeah. I'm taking Jiggly. Oh, wow. I'm taking Jiggly. You're taking... Geely? That movie. Yeah, yeah, the Geely. I'm <laughs> taking the Geely's. Why? Uh, may I ask why? You know what? Because sometimes you just gotta watch an incredible calamity. Sometimes you just want to watch who you're... You, you, you're just two people in love, and I support love. Man. I love that you're going to this new planet, based on my premise, <laughs> and the way that you're introducing this new race of people to cinema... <laughs> 
<laughs> Actress Daniela Pineda brought one movie, and it's Gigli, arguably the most critically hated movie of the last 30 years. Yeah. It ended Martin Brest's career. Oh, did it? The Pretty, great director yeah. of Beverly Hills Cop. I will say Jersey Girl. Yeah. Which also was was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. But she that's not a J-Lo movie, though. It's a, it's a Kevin mm, Smith movie, but yeah. it's, it's better than, oh, than Gigli, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what are you taking? And can it compete with Gigli? Well, that's what I was about to say. Jiggly. I had to go look at her filmography because I can definitely name off all of her movies, but I want it to feel like a J-Lo movie. And like, for example, for me, I wouldn't put Jersey Girl in there and I wouldn't put Out of Sight even in there because as much as those are movies that star her, mm. they're not her movies. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And I do feel, to your point, it does need to be a rom-com. And so that was down to two for me. And that was Monster-in-Law or Made in Manhattan because those are my two favorites. I think her favorite's Made in Manhattan. I think hers is Made in Manhattan too. And I would go with that one just because of all the leading men that she had, the only one that I would think about is Wraith. That's true. He's the classiest of all of them. What I are mean, you talking about? Like I would, The wedding planner, McConaughey. He's no, right there. It's not what I want to date. I'm sure he's great. I don't want to date him. I want to date Ray Fiennes, yeah. though. Now, I would still also what? date Ray Fiennes. Like, in the in the menu, Ray Fiennes, any, any time of day, year, or month. You're, You're shooting high. I mean, sophistication. Voldemort over... Matthew McConaughey. Even in the makeup, girl. He's wow. smart. He's right, smart. He's smart. You know what it is? It doesn't matter what he looks like. He can stimulate your mind. And that has one of the greatest J-Lo lines where she says oh she God. walks in in her Cinderella moment. It has a Cinderella moment. It's of the two movies that have like the Cinderella moment. This is the best one. But the best part about it is she walks in and, he's, and she's like, I just need you to know this can't go past this evening. And he's like, well, you should have worn a different dress. Bitch. I know. You know what, though? I think they <laughs> should have switched. Right. I think the casting on that should have switched because Ray Fiennes is too refined to be a politician, especially well, nowadays. I think, and McConaughey was going to apparently run. Yeah. I think you put Ray Fiennes in, in, the wedding planner. in the wedding planner and you put Matthew McConaughey in the Made in Manhattan. It would have livened up the Made in Manhattan a little it bit. It would have made it a movie yeah. a little dreary. I know, it's a, I know it's a romantic movie. The comedy... A little skimpy on the comedy for me. Mm -hmm. I'm taking The Wedding Planner. I'm taking McConaughey. But you heard it first here, Mars. The movies you're getting are Gigli mm -hmm. and Made in Manhattan, thanks to Daniela and Jacqueline. <laughs> no Anaconda? No. Oh, that point that I was going to say, though, Anaconda, when, uh, what's it, John Voight? Yeah. Is it John Voight? Yeah. Where he spits him out, and then he goes, yeah. <laughs> and he wakes. Oh, that was gnarly. Everything that this, the cell gave us on, on visual effects, Anaconda took it, took it away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Lord. All right, well, Ugh. we got to say goodbye to Movie Talk for now. That's the sell. I think we all agree that we proved Rotten Tomatoes is wrong about that. And then we maybe sullied our own opinions in the process. But mm. that's Movie Talk. Let's head over to Mailbag. <laughs> this week, we have Ketchup Crew member Ryan Painter, one of our favorites, who says, How have you not done The Prophecy from 1995? With Christopher Walken, Eric Stoltz, and a pre-Lord of the Rings, Viggo Mortensen. But post-Young Guns 2, Viggo Mortensen. Walken is at his creepy and campy best. This movie has been absolutely wronged, and an historic wrong must be righted. Ryan Painter, oh, I'll be honest with you, Ryan, I believe I saw the prophecy, maybe? Classic video update was my <laughs> video store as, oh, a, wow. as a ute. And uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, we didn't have Blockbuster, but we had video update. And I remember seeing the prophecy, remember mm -hmm. seeing Chris Walken, and it was always like my backup or my second backup movie. And for whatever reason, during around that time, I had a pretty good run of whatever my first choice was going to be being available. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you go there and it's like, oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula's in it. I guess it's it's Sister Act 2 again. Yeah. But <laughs> here, I think the prophecy was my backup and it never got called up. It never actually got in the game. You all see the prophecy? 
I have not. Years ago. Yeah. I have not. Yeah. It's a horror movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a blockbuster horror section. That's yeah. where you could find me. Well, I'll take your prophecy and raise you a covenant because that's the movie I always think is the prophecy when I think of it. But the covenant is the one that stars Sebastian Stan and it's like skulls, but campy. I love him. I would also throw the craft in there as the movies that I sort of get mixed up. I'm like, wait, that's yeah. a prophecy or that's the yeah, same. So good. Warlock's another one. Uh, with Julian Sands. Oh my God, that is so old. Is that with the blonde dude? Yeah. He's like in a trench coat. And he's oh all my like God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trench coats are yeah. big, man, in horror movies. Yeah. All right. Well, we are unfortunately going to have to say goodbye to this episode. We know we could talk about this movie, The Cell and J-Lo movies and Vince Vaughn movies forever, but it's time to say goodbye to Miss Daniela Pineda, but not before we get a recommendation, something streaming, maybe oh, yeah. something. You seem very excited about what your recommendation was going to be. Yes, I am. Well, um, I've, I've talked about this before, but my favorite animation of all time that I grew up on is Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Yeah. And Mike Judge has just come out with his newest season of Beavis and Butthead, which is streaming on Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. And it is fucking awesome. <laughs> and they do, he does a split. I think it's like every other episode. They do Beavis and Butthead now, what they're like oh, old. Yeah. And it's incredible. Do they, do they still do music videos at all? Now they just watch like YouTube, YouTube videos. videos. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a That's perfect transition. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I, I didn't know, and this totally blew my mind, that um, I, I didn't, oh, this is my favorite cartoon. I didn't know till recently that Mike Judge is the one who, who does, does the, all the, the voices. voices yeah. It was literally like when that happened, it was like algorithms and a door. And it was like, what is reality? <laughs> How did I not know that? And this is the man that made Silicon Valley. Like when you look at his filmography, you're like, man, you don't care. You just want to be Hill. funny. King of the Hill. Another underrated, in my opinion. Yep, same. All right, but always a light in our life is Miss Daniela Pineda, who you can currently see on the big screen in plain. Again, congratulations. It's a fresh movie. I know you got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, is there anything you want to plug or where can all the kids out there find you? Um, you know, I'm on I'm on the Instagram at not Daniela Pineda. Um, and uh that's pretty fun. You know, I'm really good on the gram with the kids. I'm not on the talk. Uh, maybe I'll regret that, my career. Um, <laughs> and I've got The Plane, uh, which is out with Gerard Butler, and it is kick-ass and a lot of fun. I and we can that. have sequels for, for Forever. Eon. I would Boat. do that. Hey, they did Shit. Greenland. They made another Greenland after that was a success. I don't see mm -hmm. why there might not be a plane, too. Yeah. I agree. And just because I know that we're taping this a couple weeks in advance, but the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Do you think Cincinnati Bengals, are they going to be competing in Arizona? <laughs> Is Joe Burrow Joe Burrow? Uh, shout out to Bingle Barrel. You know, you know what if, if so you funny? like Cincinnati, you know the Bingle Barrel. <laughs> Joe Burrow's God. I Jamar do. Chase, I love you. Watch Danielle's yeah. stories if you want to know what Bingle Barrel is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's for like the deep cut, the real fans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jacqueline, we got a big episode next week. What are we talking about? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be American. It's going to be hot and it's going to be wet. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. What time of the year is it? It's summer. Oh, Wet right. Hot American Summer Kids are going to be talking about the the little indie that could. This movie that would not go away, but that everybody loved. Can I tell you? Can I tell y'all something? I've still never seen it. <gasps> I know. What? I'm a fan of everybody involved. I love the state on MTV. I still haven't seen it, so I get to do my research. And I get to watch you what do. apparently is a great movie. Will it be too hyped for me? Uh, probably. Oh, maybe. <laughs> probably. I, yeah. I will say, like, I watched it after it was hype for me, getting yeah. ready for the show, and I definitely said, you, this is y'all's thing. Okay. All right. So mm -hmm. there you go. I don't Next hate week, it. But no, I agree. Hot American Summer. Make sure y'all check out RottenTomatoes.com. That's sort of our hub. Everything from TV, movies, everything in between, the world of entertainment. Subscribe, rate, review. Whatever you choose to listen to this on, do what that service asks you to do for this podcast. 
Thank you again to Danielle Pineda, to Jacqueline Coley, to Brian Perez, our wonderful engineers here in studio, the whole gang here at Rotten Tomatoes. I am Amelia Mark Ellison. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week.